Welcome to Event Up, the place where people enthusiastic about events stay in the know on the latest trends within the events industry. Live, hybrid, and virtual experiences. From virtual events to conferences, award galas, and everything in between. Here's your host, Amanda Ma. Hello, welcome to Event Up, the place to get the latest and greatest in event industry news, ideas, and topics. In this episode, we'll be discussing all things wine and the importance of Hispanic Heritage Month. Today, I'm joined by Amelia Seha, President and CEO of Seha Vineyards. She is so amazing. She's actually the first Mexican-American woman ever to be elected president of a winery, and California legislature recognized her as the Woman of the Year in 2005 for breaking the glass ceiling in every competitive business. Amelia's love affair with flavors started in Las Flores, where she began cooking on her own at the age of eight in the farm kitchen of strong maternal grandmother. When the family chose its first president in 1999, Amelia with nearly a decade of winery industry experience and always a firebrand ready for the new challenge was obviously the best choice. Embracing both her Mexican heritage and the American home, Amelia combines the best of what she finds in food, drinks, and tradition and innovation. So I'm just so excited to dive in with you today, Amelia. Thank you for joining us. Oh, I'm delighted to be here, Amanda. Thank you for inviting me. So I have to ask, I mean, how did you even get started, right? I think that's my secret dream job to run a winery. I go to Napa every year myself. So how did you get started on this journey? Well, first of all, I want to invite you to come and visit. Uh, we have a lovely tasting room uh, on Highway 12 between Napa and Sonoma. And my journey to where I'm at right now began in Mexico. I was born in Las Flores, a small village in Northern Jalisco where the capital of Jalisco is Guadalajara, and of course, Puerto Vallarta is also in Jalisco. Um, and my father had been coming to the United States for a, a couple of decades, and but he came here undocumented, and he knew that eventually when he was able to bring his family uh, with document, you know, the proper documentations with the legal residency, he would bring us. So, uh, while he was working up and down the West Coast, uh, picking different agricultural products, uh, he uh, fell in love with Napa back in 1954. And he knew then that eventually when he'd bring his family, it would be to Napa. Because, I mean, nothing again against Fresno or the Central Valley, but I'm glad it was Napa. So <laughs> in 1967, uh, within like six weeks of him applying to get our, our residency while I was still living in Mexico in my village, um, it, it only took six, six weeks to, to get our residency. So we arrived in Napa in September 11, 1967, which is now a bittersweet date. And it was, my father was a vineyard manager in Oakville um, and he had already missed like a week of, of harvest and he was in charge of a, a huge crew. So the very first weekend when I arrived, I was invited to go and see what he did. 
And I fell in love. I was 12 years old. I didn't speak a word of English. But when I tasted those perfectly ripened succulent Merlot grapes, I told my dad I was going to have a vineyard on my own someday. And he said, sure. So fast forward to 1980 after college and marrying this young man that I had met that same weekend when I started picking grapes. He had just arrived here from Michoacan uh, with his family, very large family. And he was living in a barn in Yardville because no one wanted to rent a place uh, to his very large family. And our fathers knew each other. So my dad gave his family a job and that's how we met. Uh, also, he was 12 years old. He didn't speak a word of English, uh, just as me. And so we were able to be in school together um, and the school didn't know what to do with us because we didn't speak English. And at that time, uh, there were very few children uh, that, that didn't, I mean, everyone, like maybe 1% one, 1 of the population at the time uh, in the school system, even less than 1% um, were sp Spanish speakers. Now it's nearly 40%. So lots has changed. So uh, they, we were actually placed in special ed and, and th that, that could have been detrimental to uh, how we evolved. But uh, being that we've already crossed so many borders, literally, uh, it was you know, another challenge. But I like languages, so I was able to learn English within three months. Uh, I arrived in September by after Christmas break. I was already fluent. I mean, within three months, I was fluent. So um, when when Pedro and I went to different, I went back to Mexico meantime to go to a prep school there. And we went to different high schools when I returned um, for my last two years of high school. And we went to different colleges, but we our families always stayed in touch. And so sort of we did as well, but we, reconnected in our last year in college in 79 and we were married in 1980. So he had the same idea as I did as since we arrived here to own land in Napa. So when we got married, we spent all of our weekends uh, traveling back to Napa because our families lived here, uh, remained here until they still live here. Um, and we were living then in Silicon Valley because of our jobs. So people thought we were crazy that we were looking for land because we had no money, but we were able to purchase our first property in 1983. Uh, we were very young um, and we actually almost lost it as well because inflation was high, interest rates were very high. And so fortunately we were able to save it because we moved to Napa Valley, back to Napa in 85. And my, I left my job by my, my husband kept his. He commuted to Silicon Valley 90 miles each way so that we were able to save our property so we wouldn't have to sell it. And we lived in a one little room studio uh, next to a larger home where my husband's family lived because they were 10 children and they still had some younger ones. So we were able to develop our vineyard in 86. Our first harvest was in 88. And since then we've been making wine just for, because if you have vineyards, you're able, you're allowed to make a barrel of wine every year, not for commercial purposes. And we knew that it was 
of the utmost high quality, but no one was um, literally wanted to leave what they were doing to start a brand. So finally in the mid nineties, uh, by then we had acquired around 115 acres in Bodnapa and Sonoma. Uh, I, and my children were a little bit older. I, I finally started thinking about leaving my job, which was a pretty high profile job in the wine industry. Uh, and every, every time I tried to quit, they offered me so much, um, you know, much, much more, um, um, you know, time off, etc. So it was hard for me to leave. But finally, in 99, I left my job to uh, start our brand. And I wrote the Articles of Incorporation in September of uh, 1999. And I was elected president of Serra Vineyards. So we launched our brand in 2001, a mere 750 cases. And immediately, and, and what happened in 2001, well, 9-11. Um, so wine sales plummeted, uh, but because it was 750 cases, I was able to actually um, just hand sell them to all of um, our friends and our favorite restaurants and accounts. And the following year, we were selected the best new winery in the United States. So that brought a lot of attention to our brand because I also wrote the press releases. So I went to, why start small? I mean, I sent all our press releases to like the New York Times, um, the San Francisco Chronicle, the LA Times, and also to the major wine publications. So if some, the, the quickest way to get people to, know about you is by having people spreading the word about your business. So I was, I understood that right away. And because I studied history and literature in college, well, I knew how to write very well. And who knows most about our brand than me? Cause I was raised, you know, in the vineyards. So that's how we started. Wow, what a story. I feel like this could be made into a movie, Amelia. Oh, and it's, it actually, it actually has, uh, as um, in uh, Espanol, in, um, there, there was a, a, a really lovely uh, documentary done a few years back that um, I know I think we're gonna post it because we were waiting for the okay, but it's, it's in Spanish, but it's actually quite lovely. Oh, that's, that sounds wonderful. I mean, in my own background, our family is also immigrant. We immigrated from Taiwan to here and by listening to your journey and so many face crossing the path crossing between like wine and your husband right I think some things are just meant to be and they kind of show up when you look back they're like oh they were always there right kind of as you reflect back but I'm so impressed by your journey and where you kind of have taken it and you're a hundred percent right the best people to promote our brand is ourselves and have other people promote us right if they recognize the good work that, you know, they love Seha Vineyards and then they tell more people. I mean, that's how I find out about good wines. My friends tell me, right? Or someone at the restaurant introduced it to me. So that's all the ways I find out about new wines. And, you know, because this audience is, a lot of them are in the events and marketing industry. I was wondering, you know, tying back to the whole winery experience, what is the most amazing wine experience event that you have done at your winery? Well, um, actually, it was a birthday party that um, my family organized. I don't really like to bring attention to myself. 
And I, I mean, a, a, a birthday is just another birthday. I mean, we've hosted amazing events at our beautiful estate here in Napa. Uh, but at this particular time, my daughter insisted. I didn't want to, but she said, Mom, we, it doesn't have to be about just your birthday. Let's host a Gemini party. Um, and so for all Geminis, because I'm a Gemini, and it's June, and it's uh, to kickstart the summer. So I, I agreed. I said, okay. And um, my one of my, um, the most iconic women uh, came to my birthday Gemini party, and that is Dolores Huerta, who with Cesar Chavez founded the UFW, the United Farm Workers Union. And I had the great privilege of actually meeting both of them, Dolores Huerta and Cesar Chavez, uh, when I first arrived here, because um, my father became a large, a big part of, uh, and he helped to organize farm workers here in Napa Valley uh, during the late 60s and 70s. And he eventually became the president of the UFW in uh, the company in, uh, in uh, Napa Valley Vineyards where he worked in Rutherford. And so I had met Dolores and she is um, one, one person that I hold in such esteem because she really was instrumental with Cesar Chavez in helping to organize farm workers because prior to um, their movement, I mean, workers had very little rights and that's where my family comes from and I, uh, that was instilled, you know, to to seek and and make sure that others uh, have the same employment rights as anyone else. So um, she she's just such a we we say mujer chingona, a badass, awesome woman. That I I, I was just so grateful that she made the trek from her home in the Central Valley. To, to come and celebrate uh, Gemini's. And um, we also had other amazing people from the community that really brought everyone together. It was this bicultural, amazing event where uh, not just amazing cuisine and, and wine were celebrated, but it was that unification of, of so many different people from so many different backgrounds. And you know what united you, all of us? It's wine because wine is a universal language. And you're a hundred percent right. Wine is a universal language, right? Yes. <laughs> I love the story. In, it's bring food and drinks bring people together. I think at yes. the end of the day, and then it's all about the experience that we cultivate. And as a wine expert, I'm sure you get this question a lot. You know, even for us, as we're planning event experiences, we sometimes had to get involved with food and wine, right? So what, as a wine expert, what are some pro tips when it comes to wine pairing that you could offer our audience? Well, um, actually, everyone should enjoy the wine that they like, regardless of what the uh, connoisseurs say because ultimately it's about pleasing your own palate. But um, the, the re realistically, uh, there are so many, um, and, and um, because due to chemistry too, there are uh, certain guidelines 
which of course I break all the time because I love, for example, I love sparkling wine. I love French champagne and I have it with uh, filet mignon. And guess what? It's fantastic. Uh, but uh, it's, it's um, I, I like also red wine with, with seafood. For example, uh, one of the easiest wines to pair with any food is actually Pinot Noir because it, it, the grapes have a very thin skin. And so the typically it's also lighter in color. The tannins, if, if the grapes are grown correctly and the wine is just very, if, if there's very little manipulation in the cellar, then this wine is just is very fresh, bright with um, smooth, silky tannins. So that is a wine that will literally pair well with everything, um, including seafood. But um, traditionally, like um, a lot of white wines with racy acidity pair well with like really lovely uh, creamy dishes. Um, but in, in a white wine with has really nice acidity and has moderate alcohol will also pay with amazing Thai cuisine, Mexican food. Because you know, like in our, in, in Mexican cuisine, we practically squeeze a lime a little few drops of lime to everything. And also actually in Thai cuisine too, like a, just a squeeze of a, a fresh uh, lime just brings the flavor. So think about uh, a wine providing that same sort of um, doing that job. Uh, a wine with moderate alcohol and right, really nice acidity is fantastic with food that might have a spice component. And by the way, my favorite food is um, actually uh, a fusion of Mexican and Asian cuisines. But my favorite Asian cuisine is Thai by far. And I actually blend both Mexican cuisine and, and, and Asian cuisine. We use a lot of the same ingredients uh, like chiles and herbs. And, um, it's, and we use a lot of vegetables. Yes, we do um, use a lot of proteins, but I find that we combine them sort of in the same way. Uh, it's so awesome. Yeah, so true. So true. At the end of the day is what tastes good to you, right? But also, I, I love the fact that you could be a little bit adventurous with wine, because depending on the food that you're having, you could pair a different thing. And the Sauvignon Blanc bottle you just showed looks beautiful. And definitely for a hot summer, it's very hot you know, during this time in California. So that just looks very refreshing, actually. It's pretty, well, my daughter, and um, I didn't understand the first time she described this wine, Sahavin uh, Sauvignon uh, Blanc, as a perfect poolside patio pounder. And I'm going, because English is my second language, I didn't know what exactly what that meant. And now she explains, well, like I'm looking out like to the garden and it's it's gloriously sunny, but the temperature is perfect. And it's a wine that, yeah, I while gardening, I can definitely enjoy a glass. It's perfect because it, it is so refreshing and it's um, stainless steel fermented. So it's clean, it's crisp, but it does have a little bit of richness because we did place it in neutral French oak for about maybe a month, just to give it that roundness and that richness. Uh, but it's it just has this racy, you know, really racy acidity that is just, mm, it's, it's as 
for something that with a little spice component to cut through it. Yeah, and I love what you said about it's like a, almost like a, it is a sensory experience, right? You see it with your eyes, you smell it and you taste it. And, you know, events is like that, right? I remember producing some wine events and even whiskey events where we even have map like where the wine came from and then kind of, you know, the wine expert will kind of go through, walk us, walk the attendee through kind of what they're tasting, you know, like chocolate cherries and people are like, really? What I, you know, so it's always really fun producing those events because it's, it's so sensory and it's really just so elevated and people are just, you kind of take them a little bit higher in terms of their overall experience. So that's wonderful. And as we, we kind of, I kind of want to change topic a little bit now, because as we're coming in, you know, we're coming, we're in September celebrating a very wonderful month. It, Hispanic History Month, some people also call it Latinx Heritage Month. What does this month mean to you, given that's your background? Well, it's, um, it's wonderful to celebrate diversity and um, which should, should be celebrated daily. I mean, uh, this country has been built by immigrants um, and, and We've all contributed to the well-being of our adopted country, and it's 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 great that there is a month set up uh, to celebrate. You know, well, in this case, it's September, um, our our culture. But um, I feel very strongly that um, every 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 human being should be celebrated every day um, because. We have so much more in common than we have differences. And we've all, only the uh, wonderful um, Native Americans, uh, the indigenous people have been here, but we're all have come from somewhere. And, and we've all uh, sought out a better life for not just ourselves, but for future generations to come. And we're willing, immigrants are willing to work harder than anyone because we understand that um, in, in order for us to, to succeed in whatever our passion is in, in business or in a, a product or services, we really do need to, to be uh, experts. So we're willing to, um, like in my case, I started picking grapes. That's how I got into this industry. Um, I didn't speak the language, but now I'm in a position to actually shape this industry, which is governed by, um, it's a male dominated industry. And there are not a lot of women in this industry and even, le even less Latinx women. So uh, it is wonderful that the world should know that even though 97% of the workers in the wine industry hail from Mexico, um, and it's highly skilled labor. Uh, it is great to recognize their contribution to this industry. And now it is my turn to be the voice of all the unsung heroes, the, the ones who live in the shadows that are invisible um, because of their immigration status. Uh, I, I, it, it, it is my job uh, to bring attention to their immense contribution because without them, there wouldn't be a wine industry nor food on our table. So um, I dedicate 
this entire uh, Latinx Hispanic Heritage Month to all the unsung heroes um, of this country. Yeah, so many heroes come before us, right, Amelia? They make what we are able to do now possible. I think about that all the time, right? My parents came, they really paved the way. They made it that much better for my sister and I. And right now, my sister and I, we're doing the same thing for our kids and for future generation. We just want to pass it down. We're also part of this community. And like you said, it is so true that we are, we have more commonality than differences. And it's actually, honestly, more very fun to celebrate the different cultures. Like our team is very diverse. Our the vendors we work with are also very diverse. And then, you know, doing when we have potluck and different things, people bring different kinds of food. Sometimes like, you know, because it's different, we ask a lot of questions, but then if it weren't because the culture differences, I think there's will be such a loss in terms of creativity, ideas, you know, and there's actually statistics out there that shows when you have diversity, it drives profits. Oh, it, it's, it's the right thing to do period, but it's also the right uh, business decision to do. Um, and, and it's really important to be able uh, to think of your, your team as part of your family because um, they are going to be your biggest ambassadors. Like our team, um, you know, we've been able throughout the years of um, in, you really encourage them to continue their education because it's going to be great for them, number one, but it's also going to be great for our company. And, and it's okay if they leave because they will always be our biggest ambassadors. And I think that um, it'll, it's so important to, to be able to also share, like in, in my case, my experience, because I see little girls um, that, that they have had the same experience as I did. And then they see, okay, so she started as I did. Well, but look what she's been able to do. And so I actually, um, I, I do a lot of mentoring and I'm in, in both Napa and Sonoma. And, and it is so important um, to, to be able to share one's experiences uh, in order to be that vector of change in the next generation too. And um, anyone that sees, well, if she can do it, so can I. And I think that my being in this industry has opened the door to so many women uh, and, and not, not just um, Latinx women, but literally uh, women that have said, you know, that have worked in vineyards, but I said, oh, well, I can also work in the cellar. So I actually go to, um, during the summers, this called this project called Puente Project Bridge. It's those those kids that sort of get lost in translation, meaning uh, during the the regular school year, maybe in in science and math, and then they have to go to summer school. Well, I go in and speak with them, and and share my story and listen to them because it's important, so important to listen. And you're such an inspiration, Amelia. I mean, like you said, because now they have a role model. Right, they know it's possible. I mean, as a woman, as a diverse woman leader, it's our duty and kind of it's just to set ourselves out there so people know that it's possible, you know, and kind of break. I, I don't want to just say break the glass ceiling. There's also the culture ceiling, and there's a lot of 
on no and fear factors, right? But it's totally possible. And I just love the Heritage Month because I feel like those are opportunities to shine even more on certain cultures. And even some of the events we're doing, you know, it has to do with influencers right now. And what we're doing is making sure the venue we go to are actually owned by diverse owners. You know, so we're very intentional in terms of like creating a cultural event like that, because then it's very holistic. It's not just, okay, we're doing this, you know, to celebrate Latinx Heritage Month, but actually even the venue we go to is owned by either Latinx or, you know, another diverse business owner. So we love to weave that in. And your story, your history, your family is inspiring. How do you kind of integrate this integrate your Mexican-American background into the overall experience at your winery. Oh, it's it's wonderful. Since we launched our brand in 2001, um, and, and I went to UC San Diego, but I didn't study business. I studied uh, history and literature, which have been by far more helpful for our industry than having a business degree. Now my daughter has an executive MBA, and and the, uh, my our partners, my my brother-in-law's daughter, she's also when uh, has an enology degree. So it's really interesting because it's a, the next gen in our in our industry. Because I have two sons as well. It's actually the women that are the most interested and they're highly educated. So since the very beginning, I decided. Okay, so the wine industry. Uh, they're all going, you know, these little sailboats, they're all going one direction. Well, I'm going to break up and go in the totally opposite direction. I'm going to promote, um, and oh my gosh, at the time it was heresy, Mexican cuisine with wine, because it was, it was um, beer or tequila, which um, there's room for all of those beverages. I mean, by high alcoholic beverages, does not pair well with food that might have a spice component because it exacerbates the heat um, in, 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 you know, in the food, well, in the, in your palate. It's, it's not a pleasurable experience. So, uh, but wine, just because it is an agricultural product that has much less alcohol, but it also has acidity. And it's not that we add acidity, even though legally in the US we can. Um, it's just by the, the way we grow our grapes that and how we harvest them at a lower bricks. Bricks is a measurement of sugar at time of harvest that we end up with these wines that are with, with lower alcohol, moderate alcohol, and really crisp acid. And that is, that is a beverage that is ideal to pair with food. That, exactly that definition of a beverage, you need acid and moderate alcohol and, and just balance. So um, we decided we were going to really uh, showcase our culture because in our Mexican culture, and I know in your culture as well, life revolves around the kitchen. We want to feed everyone. It's multi-generational. I mean, I, like we have four generations of women in our family. I am also uh, recently minted abuelita grandmother my daughter has a two-year-old daughter called Luna Isabella. And, um, and then I also have my, my mother-in-law. So four generations of women. It's awesome. Talking with you today, I'm like, oh, I really do need to go visit her. Well, you have an open invitation to come anytime, Amanda. It's, uh, we, every guest that comes, literally, they never want to leave. 
um, our, our events, like we have an event um, coming up and it's, it's so fun because we were not a, allowed to host, um, well, we, we had to close our tasting room from March of 2020. Uh, we were allowed to reopen, but not just us, everybody. And we were allowed to reopen in like mid-July and then again, we had to club, but with a lot of restrictions. We're fortunate that we have a beautiful outdoor area, but some locations that don't, well, they, they couldn't because it all had to be outdoors. Um, but then we, we also had to close again in November. Then we were not allowed to reopen again until February of 2021. And people are hungry to be, be I mean, around others. and experiencing life. So our very first event that we were allowed to host was actually August of last of last year. And oh my gosh, um, it, it was fantastic. We announced it and within literally half an hour, it was completely, because we could only fit 150 guests because it's a lobster fest and the tables, you know, have to be long. And this is in the middle of this beautiful estate amongst the vines. So we're, we're, we have um, um, a limited amount of, of how many uh, chairs we can fit. And so uh, we had entire families that came from New York. We had entire families that came from the Midwest. We had, of course, a lot of um, local and, and a lot of California. We had so many people come from uh, Southern California. And, and do you know that it, it was such a fantastic event? because everyone just felt we were just an, an extended family enjoying wine and food together. Um, so our, 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 uh, and, uh, we have an event coming up and it's the same thing. I get like constant emails. They say, oh my gosh, we can't wait. You are the, you know, I, seven years is the excuse for us to take our vacation at this time in California. And of course, you know, they, they will spend time in, in Napa and Sonoma, but they also go to other places. But I mean, so many people say we are that excuse. I mean, for, for them to come and, and join us. And it just feels so great to be able to bring people together. And, and you know why? Because not only do we make wine that competes with the best in the world, but we're nice, you know, we're kind. People feel welcome, you know, our, our motto, nuestra casa es su casa, our home is your home. And so um, before the pandemic, if our team, we do a lot of continuous education because we have to provide an experience to each single guest that walks through our tasting room entrance. We have to provide an experience that they want not the one we want them to have. So we're continually educating, but one of our very important um, education tools is that if every single person, this is before the pandemic because everything changed during, you know, during the pandemic and now, is that every single person that walks through our door, if we're not on hugging terms when they leave, we haven't done a great job. Wow, I love that. I absolutely love that. And how do people, I actually went on your website before we, you know, doing some 
background research on you to prep for the session, but how do, is this on your website, all the events that are coming up that you were mentioning? Um, I, well, if, if they are sold out, they are not, but um, okay. yes, but our, our website, anyone, we, we are primarily a winery that sells direct wine to consumers. Like we don't really have distribution across states. Um, it's just because we really love that model we have this beautiful tasting room and we host, we have a wine club um, where uh, our fans can receive wine every quarter or they can elect to come and pick it up because we have a pickup party, which is awesome. We have pickup members from New York because they want to come at least every quarter to Napa. I mean, why not? And <laughs> so, but we also um, have a pretty robust website and it's a, uh, uh, www.sehavinyards.com and of course or throughout all of the social media platforms we have a great online presence even though we're little we're mighty our voice is heard far and wide I mean because we are really like to innovate I mean when we were closed we launched Taco Tuesday Vino y Mas because Taco Tuesday is already a, a hashtag but we wanted to incorporate and that is also because tacos are from Mexico, uh, our culture, but also more because wine and more. And we launched it right on the spot. Boom. It was a Tuesday. We thought about it like at two. We were live on Instagram at five o'clock. I opened my fridge and of course, I'm also a master gardener. So I have an amazing organic garden a year. I mean, all year long. So I always have great fresh produce here in my own backyard. So we had potatoes and I, we had just gotten from these little stores some Mexican sausage, oh my gosh, fresh. So I said, well, potatoes. And of course I had all kinds of um, um, heirloom tomatoes in jars from the previous summer. So I already had the salsas and the ingredients. So yeah, we started Taco, taco Tuesday Vino y Mas. Then we moved it to Facebook because we have a lot more followers on, on Facebook. And it, we did it the entire year. We started on March 30th, two weeks after we uh, had to close our tasting room. And we, our very last one, but there's more to come. We're just rethinking what, how we're going to, because relaunch, because food has always played a major role in our brand. I've been cooking since I could walk alongside my maternal uh, grandmother. So um, that will always be a part of our brand. And that's different because I don't know any other CEO of a winery that is also a chef and a master gardener like me. So I'm able to incorporate all of my knowledge and really do amazing food and wine pairings, but not just any like, yeah, it's very easy to pair like Mediterranean cuisine, French, Italian, you know, Greek, Spanish, but how about Mexican? How about Asian uh, cuisine and wine? And that's my expertise. So yes, so I'm Amelia Seja on all social media platforms and Seja Vineyards is just Seja Vineyards on all social media platforms. So I encourage uh, you and all of your fans as well to um, uh, follow us to learn about uh, wine and food pairings, but also my recipes. We also have a YouTube channel uh, where, where my like pozole recipe has been, oh my gosh, view like hundreds of uh, thousands of times. 
This is so incredible. Thank you so much, Amelia, for joining us today. And for those of you that are tuning in, make sure you check out Seha Vineyards, their website. I already looked at it. It does have the recipes. And I do love the YouTube channel. You have beautiful family. And I just think it's such an authentic brand, right? And if you guys are interested in purchasing our wine, just check out. You could buy that from her website. But thank you so much, Amelia. And we really, I really enjoyed this conversation with you today. You're such a boss lady. <laughs> That's what oh. you know they're calling it today. But you're such a boss lady and such an inspiration. So thank you so much for making the time. Well, thank you, Amanda. And congratulations to you as well. And a toast to Mujeres Chingonas, Badass Women. Thank you for listening. Tune in next time on Event Up.